Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome to the Servants Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, a listener writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this, how, how do I have family worship? Well, what a great question. In, in um, Genesis 31, 30, it says, why do you steal my gods? And with these words, Laban ended a passionate speech against his son-in-law, Jacob. In fact, Laban's daughter, Rachel, had stolen his idols, doubtless to keep alive the memory of her family after moving away with her husband, Jacob. J- Rachel literally took her family religion with her. And we need to say that every family has a God. Every day, young adults leave homes with gods of self-fulfillment, self actualization money, leisure, work, or even ministry. In fact, some leave with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To a large extent, the difference is determined by how our families worship in the home. Family worship is it's the regular use of, of scripture, song, and prayer by a family unit guided by the head of the household, the man. If you're a man and you're listening to this, guess what? You are to lead your family in the scriptures, in the word of God. You are to love your your spouse with the love of Christ. And by the way, that's not an option. That's a command five times in the uh, five to six times in Ephesians five in the most English translations. Guys, we're commanded to love our wives. <laughs> in the Greek, it's actually six or seven times. Same word. And, and so this is not an option. God has commanded us. And when God commands us, he he provides the grace. Remember, Ephesians 1 says that, that God's grace superabounds towards us. We have the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt by the Spirit. God has called us to lead our homes in the Word of God and in the grace of God. And so I'll say it again. Family worship is it's the regular use of Scripture, song, and prayer by a family unit guided by the head of the household, the man. Family worship, it needs to be said, is not just a mere religious exercise that we check off. It is a meeting with the triune God in his spirit of adoration by the means of three ingredients. First, family worship centers on the word of God. When we read the Bible, God preaches about himself and the indescribable gift of his dear and precious son, the Lord Jesus, to a needy world. This message is not just to fill our minds with more knowledge of the word of God. It's for our heart transformation in all of life, but it's also for our worship of the triune God. Second, family worship through is done through singing. God's people sing. 150 psalms reference singing around 150 times. The New Testament in Colossians 3.16 calls us to sing, and that includes in the home. Third, family worship through through prayer. Since prayer is a, the chief way by which we show thankfulness to God, see uh, the, the question and answer 116 of the Heidelberg Catechism for an example of this, 
Our prayers must be worshipful, not merely formal, not just rote, oh, you know, whatever. Family prayers need to need to reflect the the word of God. They need to be shaped by this scripture. A good example of this, read and study John 17. Family worship is regular. As illustrated in the practice of the early church, weekly congregational worship is insufficient for families that have been touched by the grace of God. Scripture exhorts us to worship God daily, giving Him glory in all things in Psalm 92.2 and 1 Corinthians 10.31. Uh, Before God established worship in the tabernacle, His people worshipped in tents. Psalm 118.15 says, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Job's piety shines in his prayers for his children in Job 1.5. The faith of young Timothy blossomed in the, in the fertile soil of family worship, 2 Timothy 1.5 tells us. And so Christians must spend time alone with God in, their, in prayer. But they also should worship God together with their families through the use of scripture, of song, and prayer. Well, scripture requires, it requires family worship. Specifically, God requires men, like good shepherds, to lead their families into the green pastures. God expected Abraham to command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord in, in Genesis 18:19. Consider also the example of Cornelius, a man devote, a devoted man who feared God with all his household, Acts 10.1 says. And so it's no surprise that when Peter came to Caesarea to preach the gospel, Cornelius rallied his household to attendance, saying this in Acts 10.33, We are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Family worship is an indispensable instrument for both the old and the young with the consciousness of the Lord, his word, and our call to worship in all of life. In his research for one of his books, George Barna demonstrates that parents who pass along to their children the baton of spiritual maturity and have vitality and vitality have one thing in common. They take God's word on life and family at face value, and they apply those words faithfully and consistently. Missionary John Patton relates the indelible impact family worship left on his life, saying this, When on his knees and all of us kneeling around him in family worship, our father poured out his whole soul with tears for every need. We all felt as if in the presence of the living Savior and learned to know and love him as our divine friend. Children, notice when worship is only once a week, like on Sunday. You see, God works powerfully in the young lives whose souls are are warmed by the incubator of family worship daily. Now, many families are convinced by the need of family worship. They struggle in application. They struggle in implementation. What can be done? Study family worship as a family. Uh, consider checking out Joel Beakey's booklet, Family Worship. Partly due to the dynamic of learning together, this study will make a lasting impact on your life. His work, Joel Beakey's work on this, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Stick to a plan. Have a plan of attack for how you're going to engage in family worship. Families should include variety in their plans, adjust them over time. But following a regular 
a scripture reading plan helps us to read the Bible the way it was meant to be read. A cohesive history of God's redemptive work. Select a time. Select a time that works. Unless worship, there's a schedule to it, family worship schedule. It's going to be supplanted by by the busyness of life. Some families will flourish with morning worship. Others will meet in the evening. Families that find no time in their week for work, daily worship will need to find time and make that time in their schedule. Sing. Take time to sing to the Lord. Sing hymns to the Lord. Uh, there's a great deal of hymns at hymnary.org. Most of us have become frustrated when our family worship Ideals eclipse reality. Family worship is like a great friendship. It has bumps, but it's forged through regular, meaningful interaction. William Gouge observes that a nail that at one blow barely enters with many blows is knocked all the way in. So it is with the repetition of family worship. In fact, throughout the gospel, Jesus entered into our lives and into our families. And where he has entered, he is to be worshipped. And where he is worshipped, we trust he will stay and live and work and bless. Now, one last, couple last thoughts. You know, you can have family worship friends with your spouse. Engage in, family, engage in theological dialogue on biblical and theological issues with your spouse. Number, as a man, you're called to lead your family in your home with the love of Christ, with the word of God. What better way to do that with the word of God and with and on current topics by discussing them with your spouse. My wife and I do this regularly, especially on long drives. We'll talk about all sorts of things. We'll, we'll talk about the daily events that, you know, she's reading in the news and so on and so forth. And here's script. Here's what scripture says. Here's what sound theology says. Here's what the church has said about that. And it's interesting. It's fascinating. That a bib- in a biblical worldview, you know, there's all these issues on sexuality and gender and all these things, but they really go back on that topic to the to the answer. The answer is if it's not one man and one woman for life under God, it opposes the biblical worldview. There is on matters of government, for example. You know that that God is the one who puts rulers in place. Whether they're good or bad or evil, he's still sovereign and he can still use them for his glory. And a lot of people struggle with that. But here's the point. Here's the point. Have those conversations on those topics with your spouse. Use even the, the current events of the day, the current issues of the day, whether that's COVID-19, whether that's uh, whatever's in the news, use that, bring the Bible to bear on that, and talk about it. That's why here at Servants of Grace, we are doing more and more of this because we want to help you grow in this area. And it starts in your home. Men, it starts with you leading with the Word of God. You have nothing better to say, by the way, just like your pastor doesn't. Are the, the only helpfulness that we have for our spouse, for our children. For if you're an uncle, say you don't even have kids, but you have you have nieces, you have nephews. 
You have something to say to them. You have something to help them with. By the way, my my wife and I we don't have kids, but we have we have we have nephews and nieces, and we give them sound theological books to help them, and their parents appreciate it. We give them children's books. We give them we give them children's theology books. Their their parents appreciate it. Guess what? That's one way that you can be a blessing. You can be a blessing by having conversations with your your nieces and and nephews. You can be a blessing to your family by talking about current events and bringing the Bible to bear to them. They they may not like that, but you know what? You're still being a blessing to them. Because the word of God, Isaiah 55 says, 11 says, will not return without void. The Holy Spirit will use the word of God. He uses the word. He is the word in the life of the sinner. He is the word in the life of the saint to, to help them, to convict them, to point them to Christ, to send them out on mission for the Christian. For the non-Christian, he is the word that you share with other people. He uses that to bring sinners to repentance and faith in Christ alone. It's in our homes, friends. We want, to, we want to stop seeing the deconstruction and, and the, de- the destruction of our society. Men, it starts with you. Stop being apathetic in your home. Step up and lead by God's grace with the word of God. Have those conversations with, with your wife. Love her and be intentional about it. By the way, uh, I remember very early in our marriage, my marriage to Sarah, somebody writing us a letter. And they said, one of Sarah's family, they said, Dave, find Sarah around the house and give her, give her a hug. The, the point behind that, I realized even years later was, guess what? Dave, be intentional. Find your, find her, find her wife. Find Sarah in the house. Tell her that, tell her that you love her. Tell her that she's precious. Tell her that she's beautiful. Be, be specific. Tell her why you appreciate her. You know what, men? I'll just say this. If you do that, your wife's going to really, really appreciate it. And she's going to feel valued. She's going to feel loved. She's going to feel treasured. You as men are called to do that. That's part of loving your spouse. That's part of, in a First Peter 3 way, living in an understanding way with your spouse. Loving her, caring for her, with the love of Jesus revealed in the word of God. Man, there's so much I could say about this, but I want to I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace theology segment. And may God bless you and keep you as you begin men to lead your families in family worship. Until next week, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.